Nations, and welcome back to Joygasm, where we talk about video games, movies, and of course, pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster360, and with me is my dashing diva Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, as we frolic our way through episode 56 today, January 20th, 2018. To get the most out of Joygasm, you can follow us on... What What? what, what can they follow us on, Steve? Oh, Twitch, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, iOS, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Androids. Don't forget about Instagram. Uh, Insta, yeah, we, 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 we don't forget our Insta Insta. And how exactly would they find us? I'll just go on the search field, search for Joygasm. Not just Joygasm, but... Joygasm TV! That's right, Joygasm.tv. <laughs> of course, we also have our official website, Joygasm.tv. So if you want to actually go to the core of all things saucy, you can go right there and uh, find a whole lot of good stuff there. More, go- more, more pictures and good stuff there than on our Instagram, not my dad. That's true. That's very true. We have, oh, uh, <laughs> man, we, we have a fun show planned for you today. Gaming news includes. As we always do, right? Oh. <laughs> Good point. Overwatch viewership. Activision CEO departure. Uh, movie news includes Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Disney doing two Sword in the Stone movies. Expendables 4. New developments in Quentin Tarantino's Manson film. And the future of Chris Hemsworth and Marvel Studios. Oh. <laughs> Our topic of the day is movie trailer reviews of Tomb Raider, Red Sparrow, and Braven. But first things first, Steve, how you doing? Oh, snap. Russ, I'm frolicking. Kicking over daisies as I do it. Hey, I was planning those. Those were expensive. Oh, man. When we were twitching the other night... We were uh, we were playing some Overwatch, and uh, we were having a grand old time. Indeed, we were. And then some folks who uh, were watching us play are like, "Hey, why don't you guys playing competitive?" And I thought, you know what? Maybe we should, Russ. Maybe it's time we step up our game. That's a good idea. And I actually feel bad about not realizing that we had people talking to us <laughs> while we were playing in Overwatch because obviously my eyes are glued to the TV screen. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully, you kind of glanced right. over and you're like, oh, we have people. <laughs> yeah, hey, guys. Uh-huh. Hi. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll, we'll make more of a uh, concentrated effort to be able to engage you all. Welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> I'm here, guys. Uh, wait, wait, don't leave yet. I should have combed my hair. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll, we'll be making more of a, a concentrated effort to be able to respond to that. And, that. and that's actually part of the fun, really. I mean, just if you have any kind of requests, we'll be more than happy to do it. And honestly, I thought that I wasn't <laughs> even able to get into competitive mode with you because you're much farther ahead level-wise than I am. And I thought that there was some kind of, I don't know, filtering system in there. Um, we got to step up our game, Ross. I completely oh, agree. And that was funny though. I was like, oh, uh, Russ, we got, we got a, <laughs> uh, someone's saying for us to go into competitive. You want to do that? And you're like, oh, I was about to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 someone said that. Oh, um, right. Um, <laughs> I, was, I mean, it was just, we were kind of winding down and I was just like, yeah, okay. And I, you know, the, the work week has just been relentless. And so I was just, you know, having fun playing Overwatch and stuff. And, and all of a sudden we get that and I just kind of froze. Cause I was like, my brain doesn't work. <laughs> so. 
Hi, people. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be fun. I mean, we definitely encourage you guys when you come back to visit us on Twitch, just give us a, a shout as to what you'd like us to do. And, you know, we're down for playing any kind of quick play or arcade mode or competitive mode. It's just competitive wise. Oh, it's, it's a bit of a hit or miss just because at least in my, you know, I, I'm not leveled that high, um, on the competitive side of things. And so I am fortunately, I, I play with a lot of ruffians and thugs and people <laughs> who are not very much into the team play experience. Well, that plus you have a litany of other games that you're playing. And so you'll put down overwatch, play something else and get your skill up on that. And then go back to overwatch. You're like, okay, what's this button do again? What, <laughs> what are my abilities? Hey, did you see that? I did an ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> oh, boy. So what else have you been playing? Well, um, I have to tell you that uh, you probably haven't been playing any bit heroes lately, have you, Rosa? Mm, I haven't heard you talk about that for a little while. I have been playing it, Rosa. What level are you now? I'm 128. Oh, 128. So in your bit heroes adventures, have you come across folks who are much higher in level than you? Yes. What are some of the numbers that you've seen? Uh, they're, they've been above like 200, some above 300. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, it's, yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned bit heroes just because the developers, uh, Sean Byers and Jay Stark are actually on their way over to Mario London. London. In fact, I think they touched down today. Mm. Yeah, they, they flew out from the West Coast. Uh, I saw that they were um, posting pictures of them being in New York for kind of their, their next flight, their layover. And then, yeah, they are over there and they are going to some sort of indie gaming award ceremony. Nice. And I think that they have a good chance of winning some sort of indie gamer they better. award of something or other. I, I don't know which category precisely it is, but... They're going to have to stop by a pub and order some French fries and mayonnaise. I hear that's good over there. I could be wrong, but I heard that's good. How about some fish and chips? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I get. Um, and a big old Guinness. Oh, indeed. Uh, so they, uh, they've actually done the coolest thing with the game. Uh, I, they're, they're always updating it, right? Uh -huh. <clears throat> but recently they've brought out something called mounts, as if like you're, you're going to mount your horse to yeah. ride off. Right? Uh -huh. So think of it as in Golden Axe back in the day when you, had, ah. when, you, when you got on these beasts, right? And the beasts helped you I attack remember. and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so not only do you have your character, which I didn't bring the phone with me, but I was going to show you, I have about 87 friends who all are just like, oh, you can be your friend. Be your friend. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. That's cool. And I've, yeah. A little strong so, sense of community there. Yeah. And I've actually had to like get rid of some because if folks aren't playing the game, obviously I don't want to be in my friend and I want people being active. So, uh, but I could show you all my, all the people on my list have a different look to their character. Interesting. There's that much customization to it. But now you can you can actually get a beast that you can ride and they can kind of assist you in your little quest uh -huh. or battle. So I thought that was pretty cool. Very nice. So did, so have you actually bought or acquired any of these mounts? Um, no, I can, but I want to get a, a bigger, better one. So I haven't spent my money yet, Rush. So this is different than, I've heard that they have pets in the in the game they too. They do have also have pets. That's the additional thing. So not only does your character look unique to how do you want him to look, and you can get a little assistant pet that's flying around you, but then you can get a, a butterfly. little- butterfly? Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, they have tons of stuff. I mean, they got, I mean, name something. Yeah. So, and they, and what's funny too is they all have- Do they have a dragonfly? Uh, they don't have a dragonfly, but they have a small little dragon. Okay. Or like my dude looks like a really sloppy cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's uh, it, they have they, they have names for like everything in there, and it's all like funny and witty and creative. Uh, anyway, yeah, so they've they, done a really nice job on that game. Yeah. Anyway, you got to pick that one back up. No, well, indeed. I always have. I don't. You have much more luck with that than I do. I, every time I go into a dungeon, um, I make it most of the way, and then there's like one more battle that's left, and I just cannot get past it. And, it uh, takes some repetition. I get kicked out. You got to level up your character, and and it, it, the beginning of the game is, is part of a, is kind of grindy. Like yeah. you got to get through it. But once you get to a certain level where you can you can go back and and continue and and. Uh, go with, you know, raise your levels a bit and get sure. some extra equipment and, and level up, then mm-hmm. it gets a bit easier. A bit, a bit easier. Uh, so other than that, uh, I I told you before, but I'll tell you again on the show that I've finally finished up uh, weirder things. Yes. Aw- awkward things. I'm proud of you. I'm, gl- I'm very glad to see that you made it all the way through. Mm-hmm. What, what are your overarching thoughts about season two? Uh... Since I went right from season one to season two, I really feel like I'm I'm part of the the, the friend group, right? Yeah. Like I'm part of the inner circle, uh-huh. uh, and they feel like I'm like they're all family, uh-huh. really. Because uh, it's it's funny they they don't act as if they're grandstanding, which is cool. I love when actors don't try and act like they're trying to get an award. They're acting like <laughs> normal kids and normal people, you know. Uh, and I love that stuff. Um, I just like the the tight knit uh, group of friends, plus uh, the Winona Ryder's character and and the, the policeman. Uh, they all just really yeah. He, Joyce he, and Jim. Yeah, Joyce and Jim. Even uh, Sean Astin's character. Uh, I thought he was gonna hang. I, I was knew it, was, was his name Bill or Bob? Bob. Bob, Bob yeah. Yeah. So uh, and and even the, the town and stuff. I mean, everything just works. Everything works really, really it well. It does. I mean, they really have recreated that early 1980s feel. Oh, feel yeah, it, the music and stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, and that scene with the the new uh, Max's brother who came in uh, with right <laughs> with um, that scene with uh, Nancy's mom. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that, that, that was like, pretty uh, that, awkwardly palpable. Yeah, wasn't I kind of like that Mrs. Robinson kind of. It's. So- <laughs> And he played that so well, yes, too. He, I mean, he was just, he had a smolder oh, on, and you're just like, man. oh my gosh, I really hope this doesn't actually come to fruition, if you know what I'm saying. This is so funny. <laughs> but oh. if you think about it, like, that was also kind of like an 80s era thing. Yes. I mean, just, yes. just there are a lot of other movies that had those kind of moments where, like, you have, like, kind of the mom who's who's hot, and then oh, you have my goodness. some teenager guy or whatever, and, and you're just like, what is happening? Yeah, and he looks, like, totally older, like he should be beyond high school. Right. He has that more mature look. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah, what did you think of the, well, I don't think, let's, let's not go into too many, I, I totally want to talk to you about it, but I feel like I'm going to get into spoilers. But overall, let me just ask you this. Did you think that the, the relationship that he had with his parents, uh, particularly his father. Uh, do you think that that was pretty uh, pretty crazy? I thought it was interesting. I didn't think it was crazy. I mean, and he he started developing some some issues on his own. I think that he probably didn't get from his dad because okay. his dad didn't seem like he passed on those issues because he was very um, respectful to yeah. like his wife. Yeah, you know. Yeah, this, so. it was interesting to see like because I was always curious while watching it. Like, okay, how did he get? 
to be this way? Like, was right. he always this way or not? And he's kind of almost like a sociopath in a way, but yeah. Um, I just thought, you know, he's going to have to buy a bunch of tires because he keeps on like peeling out. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time he got in that Camaro. <laughs> just like, like teenager angst, man. No. Um, but I, I love the the cops' relationship with uh, Eleven. Uh huh. So man, there's and you could just the way he pulled that off. You could tell there was a lot of history behind yeah. him. I mean, that we don't even know about yet. And maybe if they go into season three, although they will totally yeah. do a season three. They absolutely. left the door open for that. We'll have to talk about that one of these days. We will. Yeah, I think. Okay, so now that you're in sync in terms of just getting mm-hmm. caught up. When I mean, I'm sure probably season three will drop maybe around next or yeah next Halloween. That's, that's what I'm, I'm imagining. We'll, we will sit down together and we will watch it. And that way, as each episode drops, maybe we can do like a review of mm-hmm. each episode that we uh, come across. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let the folks know if there are spoilers and that sort of thing. You know what this means too, Russ? No, I don't. You forgot. I this forgot. means that you have to start watching The Sopranos with me. The Sopranos. I will. Mm-hmm. I will indeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anything else, Steve? I finished season three of Longmire. Longmire, which was good. Now, again, you said there were like five. Yeah, it, well, Netflix says there was five. IMDb says there's six. I don't know. I thought they finished the whole thing up. We'll see what happens. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna finish the whole entire okay my, you know, series. So, I really need to get back into my Netflix watching. I've really been playing a lot of games lately, which has been fantastic. But I've been the, doing the opposite. I know. <laughs> yeah, you've been. I guess that's good for the show, though. Tuning into your inner uh, Siskel and Ebert over here, right? <laughs> <laughs> On uh, my side of things with the, with the gaming, man, like I've just I've been going back and forth between the various consoles, but been absolutely enjoying uh, Zelda. I know that I've been talking about this over the past couple of episodes, and um, I found a new town with windmills. There's kind of a, a kind of a science lab that's kind of at the top of this, this village with like this huge telescope. And so it's been a lot of fun being introduced to the, the folks who work there. And um, it, again, the, just the mechanics, like I love cooking. It's the funniest thing. I love gathering in the game, like just different elements and then finding like a fire with a, a frying pan or whatever to be able to cook it you and know just what? see what comes <laughs> up. Cause it doesn't like every time you do something, there's like something else that appears. It's really cool. Like, yeah. You no, know it would make this. Saffron. Yeah. Saffron would make this. Does anybody have any paprika around here? (laughs) So, yeah, it's been really, really cool to be able to play that game. Um, At some point, I need to have you over. Maybe I can show you a little bit after we record this. But just it's crazy because the game itself, obviously, the graphics are not bleeding edge of of some of the other titles. It's not like... you know, a, a rise son of Rome type of experience where it's like a graphics tour de force or something like that. But right. still it doesn't matter in a game this good because it, the game itself is so well thought out everywhere that it's, it, it's interesting to me too, because typically when I play a game within like the first 10 minutes, I can tell like, Oh man, this game's awesome. This is a sweet game. This is going to be like one of the contenders for game of the year. Zelda is very different for me personally, because when I first started playing it, I honestly didn't see what all the the crazy hype and buzz was about with the game. For me, it was more of a, a slower lead up. And the more I played the game, the more little subtle nuances and things I started to discover or notice really started to compound until the point now where I think I'm, I'm hitting kind of a sweet spot where it's like, wow, this game is seriously 
one of the best games of last year. And by the time I finish the game, it, you know, it could very well be that maybe it trounces horizon zero dawn. I don't know. Horizon of course is like my pick of last year's uh, game of the year. Anyway, super, super cool game. I also, I beat the last of us. Ah, you told me. Yeah. Mm hmm. And so that was uh, just a, a terrific romp through as well. I can see why um, that game ha has received the amount of accolades that it has ever since it came out. It came out back in like 2013. And man, such great storytelling, great voice acting, great character animations, just in terms of, of uh, being able to exude the, the, the different types of emotionality on the characters' faces. And it's interesting because I'm, I'm totally in this naughty dog phase where now I've gone from The Last of Us to now playing Uncharted 4. And I felt like it was necessary just because I've been in this Last of Us phase now for the last, yeah, I'd say a couple of weeks or so. And I've been getting used to kind of like the, the dated graphics. So I go from that to going to Uncharted 4, which is Naughty Dog's most recent. Well, it's actually, it's technically it's not because Uncharted... Uh, the other one, what was it? Territories? Not Territories. There was, another, there was a, a newer Uncharted game that came out. I haven't played that yet, but I have uh, downloaded it. But just seeing the graphics jump in Fidelity was just amazing. I'm like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> Man. So needless to say, uh, in Uncharted 4, I have just uh, reunited with my brother, for those who have already played the game. I'm right here. No, no There you are. <laughs> I thought you were dead. <laughs> now you're, I know you're not. Now I don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. Nice. Oh, man, I have to give his stuff back. <laughs> so it's been a lot of fun to be able to see what's going on. I, I've um, For those who, who are playing Uncharted 4 or, or who have already beaten it, I'm at the part where I'm... I've just escaped from Italy and I'm now going to the uh, kind of the Scottish graveyard site. So <clears> I'm making my way through that and... Man, one of the biggest things about the game that I found myself realizing is the way that you grab onto to surfaces, whether it be like the side of a mountain or the side of a building or whatever, there's this kind of um, reaching animation that takes place that almost kind of like if you if you press a direction with the analog stick and there is like some sort of grabbable surface somewhere within the, the direction that, that you're pressing you'll notice that the character will kind of do this like reaching thing. Like it's trying to reach for that. And so you'll know, Oh, I can jump there. And that is very much in line with horizon zero dawns Aloy. And I played of course horizon before I played uncharted. So I'm going off of that, but I have heard from friends saying how like that type of feature has been in the, the previous uncharted games of one, two and three. So it's, it's something that probably, uh, Guerrilla Games maybe looked at it and they're like, oh yeah, we'd like to do something like that as well. The interesting thing is, is I think that the um, kind of the intuitive organic nature of how you <clears throat> traverse and scale those, those types of, of surfaces and whatnot, it feels a bit more natural in Horizon than it does in Uncharted 4. And Uncharted 4, it's still, it, it does feel really cool, but it just feels like there's kind of a little more of a a need to like press a button to, in order to execute something or whatever. Whereas in, in horizon, there was much more of just that, like I said, more of that organic feel like, Oh, I'm going from rock to rock. or I'm going off this branch. I'm jumping down. I'm, I'm using my grappling hook to do stuff. And again, even in, in on uncharted four, which actually I believe came out, I think it came out like maybe like the, the year before horizon, I want to say, um, which again is, is nothing, 
Um, I mean, the, the development cycles are, are pretty close, but um, it was interesting to see how in Uncharted 4, like you also have a grappling hook just like Aloy does. And Nathan can actually swing. It's really cool. He, he can either rappel down from uh, from large, or I should say, high uh, standings, or he can actually do the thing where you're, you know, as he's holding the rope, he's like running across like the side of a cliff, and he's able to like run back and forth to gain up that inertia and then make like a jump to something. Really, really super cool stuff. So, been enjoying Uncharted Four. I'm still in Dishonored Two. And that is a dark game, I must say. Oh, really? You think so? <laughs> have you played any of the Dishonored games? Uh, I, I've, I've seen enough of it. And my friends have been played it, you know, back in California. So yeah, it's 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 a, a little dark. It's, it, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I find that I can only play it for maybe like an hour, and then I have to change up because it's just, I don't know for whatever reason they have done such a great job over at Arcane Studios of just really bringing this world to life. And it's there's so much oppression and there's so much of this just kind of negativity that's in the game. It's like, man, like... A bunch of negative Nancys over there. <laughs> yeah, that's putting it lightly. I just find that I, I'll play it for a bit. And it's like, okay, I need to uh, play something else. But that's not necessarily a bad thing about the game. It's just that the, the developers did such a good job of like bringing this world to life. It's like, man, I'd hate to live in this place. <laughs> so... And of course, to your point, we did play some Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And that was a big deal just because I hadn't been playing it in, in a little while due, due to the fact that I was really focusing on like The Last of Us and Zelda, that sort of thing. I still miss Capture the Flag. I, I do too. I went back and I watched the clip that we uploaded to YouTube, that, that insane clip on, uh, on uh, at, what was that? I don't know. The, it was Athens or Greece or something like that uh-huh. <clears throat> when you were Farah and like, you know, just totally being Mr. Defense. Oh, yeah. And oh, such a good match. Such a, yeah, it was a great, great clip. And I thought, man, why, we could do so much more with Crash the Flag now that we're set up for it. Uh-huh. And it seems like right when we were ready to go with it, they, they swat, swat, uh, swat, 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 swap it out. Thank you. They swap it out with Deathmatch, which is great too, but mm-hmm. they should keep Deathmatch and capture the flag in there. I'm really surprised that they are still doing the whole swapping in and out thing. I don't know if, if it's too taxing for their servers or what the yeah. deal is with that, but having just, I mean, like, they could easily update that UI dashboard so that way some of the panels are a bit smaller and they can include the, the ones that they keep swapping in and out. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, just give the folks what they want at all times. Why are we constantly bringing this in and out? I don't know. Right. But good point. Thank you. I do think that it's important that we also remind the good folks, the good joygasmers out there that round three of the SNES classic giveaway is still underway as a uh, fun, polite reminder uh, what you want to do to enter is you want to go to twitter.com slash joygasm TV where you will see a pinned tweet at the top. You want to retweet that tweet. You want to follow at joygasm TV and subscribe to the joygasm YouTube channel. And in which case the link for the YouTube uh, channel is in the pinned tweet for your convenience. You must do all three to be entered into the giveaway. And if you win, Steve, tell them what they would win. Oh, you're going to get a Super Nintendo Classic with wires and controller, and you're going to get this uh, snazzy, swanky, playing with superpower collector's edition 
catalog. Indeed. I'm holding it in my hot little sweaty hand. And it doesn't matter that your hands are sweaty because it's still covered in the, the original cellophane. That's right. Absolutely. <clears throat> no matter how much yes. grease or oil is, is uh, attempting to Nasty. invade that booklet. It's just it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> here, here it is. <laughs> Ew. Oh, by the way, the last day to enter is February 9th, and we will announce who the winner is here on the Joygasm podcast on February 12th. So you got to make sure that you listen to our podcast. That is one of the big keys. It's interesting because round one of our SNES Classic Mini giveaway, the first winner that we um, got, and, and by the way, we, we go on randomizer.org and we just plug in all the numbers and that's how we get our winner. The first round actually um, produced a winner that contacted us and lickety split. Not a problem. We did that. And then round two, like just <laughs> it kept going and going and going. And I think we went through about five winners or so. Um, so I'm curious to see how round three goes. And I think it, it is important that we just make sure that it's abundantly clear. You have to listen to the podcast to find out if you won or not. And then as a result, contact us on Twitter and, uh, provide us with what your YouTube name is. So that way we can uh, do some cross-referencing, some verification, and then it's yours. You know, it just dawned on me that... Or did it sunset on you? Yes. It'll be right in time for Valentine's Day. That's true. So you could get yourself a SNES and give it to your loved one. You could, it's, it's always fun <laughs> to have a partner to play with. <laughs> Or you could just play with yourself. It's whatever you want to do. <laughs> no, Russ. Ah, <laughs> oh, here we go. I'll get it. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my good grief. Did your ears pop? It did. My right ear popped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there Little we go. do you know, Steve, I have had absolutely no idea what you've been saying for the last 20 minutes until now. And only through one side of my head. <laughs> oh, there we go. I tell you, there is something in the air that's just driving my nose bonkers. There's the other one. <laughs> I think each episode we have to go through this at some point, man. We really do. Yeah. The, the, the um, sometimes some of the allergens in this uh, Texas air. Woo. Man, I tell you what, it just really. Ugh, messes with your your sinuses. So anyway, I went to a job interview once. Here's a short story, and I was like blowing my nose like crazy, like you were just doing, uh -huh. and, and my eyes were running and everything. And I looked at at the guy who was interviewing me, and he looks at me like I feel sorry for you. And I looked at him and I said, "You guys have allergies out here?" Because I just came from California. Of course, you know we had heck hay fever and stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. And I look at him like, yeah, "You guys have allergies?" And he and his eyes go really big, like, "Yeah." Uh-huh. Uh, like, <laughs> what? You, yeah. As if you had to ask. Yeah. He's like, I, I, I pop a Claritin like every day. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let us segue into one of our newest segments, which is the Overwatch segment. This is a brand new segment on the Joygasm program where we love to be able to track and follow the Overwatch League as well as any kind of new developments going on. So I say we kick that off on its maiden voyage for the very first time. Cheers, love. The cavalry's here. Winston reporting. Justice. 
Junkrat primed and ready. Lucio coming at you. Form up on the payload. Move it out. Nerf this. Come out and face me. I am ready to revive you. How about that for an epic introduction into our Overwatch segment? About it blew me out of my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say we kick things off with one of the uh, the biggest news stories of week number two, which is the fact that there was a bit of a drama going on in the sense that um, the player XQC was suspended and fined. And uh, this really kind of... I don't know. It was a bit of an eye opener for me because if you if you watch the, the various um, matches and that sort of thing, you'll notice that there are referees that are standing behind them with their little clipboards and stuff, and they're seeing what's going on. <laughs> mm -hmm, they're playing the game. No, no cheating. Yeah. Okay. So uh, got my eye on you. <laughs> Two eyes. As long as I can spin. This guy's like breathing down the back of my neck. I can't concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> So what's interesting about this is that um, Blizzard itself published this under the news segment of um, the Overwatch League website. And of course, you can go to overwatchleague.com to be able to get all of your Overwatch goodies. But it says, as of Friday, January 19th, Dallas Fuel player Felix XQC Lingle is suspended for four matches and fined. $2,000 for violating <laughs> the Overwatch League Code of Conduct during his individual stream on Thursday evening. The Overwatch League takes standards of player behavior seriously, whether during league play or otherwise, and is committed to responding swiftly when violations occur. So I, it's, it's, I don't know. It, I, I guess sorry just wasn't good enough. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. No. Oh. It's it's pretty crazy to see like like wow like like this is the first time we've seen some sort of of foul so to speak from the Overwatch League be in full effect. It's I don't know like like I was not expecting to see that article. And I was like whoa okay. Well I think here this is the deal, Russ. They're on the clock. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now if you think of your jobby job, when 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 you're there, they own your booty. That's true. Okay, they own you. And so you're not allowed to say certain things. You're not allowed to act a certain way. Like, it's all production, like, all the time. Yeah. So Blizzard set this whole thing up, and they're paying them moolah, and they're paying them health benefits, and they're, you know, I mean, it, they're, it, they're getting, this is a full-fledged dealio here. Yeah. So if they're, if, if all of the world's watching him, let's just say, or all of the world that, that participates in the Overwatch community goes on, on Twitch or goes with whatever channel this guy has and he's going you know whatever what he wants to do while overwatch is still paying him a salary based upon the game then uh yeah i i can totally i can totally see it yeah absolutely um it's interesting to see how this is going to impact like future matches and whatnot just because i think oftentimes a lot of that type of frustration can come into play you know you're, you're playing against the best of the best and so a lot of times <laughs> the the um, potential to be able to lose your cool on something, you know, it's just like any other sport. And, and, you know, you have people who just all of a sudden act out. And it's kind of like, nope, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> so, give us a bit of a lowdown of your thoughts on week <clears throat> number two. I've noticed a few things, Ross. Okay, maybe they were there before, maybe they weren't. But Intel is a sponsor of this this whole entire production. Mm -hmm. Did you did you see that? 
I I don't recall Intel, but I I've noticed like during their their little breaks, their little program breaks, mm-hmm. they have some some well known companies just come up, and I mean of course I just kind of glaze over. But anyway, go ahead. I like to see that kind of stuff. And if you look on on the jerseys for Dallas Fuel, they got sponsorships by uh, Jack and Box. I did notice that. Yeah. That is super cool. It's weird to, to like, get excited about that sort of thing, you know, at first glance. But the fact is, is like, I want to see this succeed. Yeah. I, I want to see this platform flourish and right. do extremely well. And it's great, once again, to see the groundwork in place of seeing like like just these high visible real world sponsors that are, are actually starting to tag themselves onto like the jerseys of yeah. different uh, teams or just the show itself. I think that's, I totally agree. One other small thing I noticed before I get into the gameplay is uh, the, all the players when they have their keyboards out and their mouses and they're, and they're going nuts, clicking buttons and, you know, heart pounding action and whatnot. They would take a break and like, you know, talk to each other and converse and, you know, crack their knuckles and stretch and do the little thing. I noticed they would pick something up off their desk and they would like squeeze it. I'm like, what are they? Is that just like a, you know, something to exercise their forearms, get their stress out? Like, you know, exercise ball kind of thing. What is that? Right. And then they would just uh, swap it right back down on the desk. And it just, and it dawned on me. It's one of the, it's a big pack that soaks up your sweat. Oh, is that what it is? It's not like a cloth kind of thing. It's kind of like if you get like a new toy, electronic toy, and they have those small packets in there just to make sure that the moisture doesn't accumulate in the right. box. Mm-hmm. That's like a big version. To me, that's what it looked like anyway. It might be something different, but it makes total sense that that's what they would use <laughs> to, to, to dry up their hands because yeah. when you're when you're playing as hard as they are with that with it as, as intense as it is, sure, your yeah. hands start to sweat. You know, it kind of happens. I've seen the what you're what you're describing, and I it was funny. I actually thought it was one of those things that can cool your hands down or right. warm them up. Like you know those things. Like in the winter time, you can buy those little packets that you can just you'll, you'll shake them and, and break them up and shake you know through the little thing. Yeah, and all of a sudden they get really hot. Oh but, yeah, He's in Canada. That was my initial thought process when I saw that going on. I was like, wait, that wouldn't make any sense. Why would they yeah. want? But 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 then my brain's thinking, well, maybe like some of them like just really get cold hands and they have to warm up. Like literally like I'm warm. I'm so nervous. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and of course, now that I think about it, like, no, that would make no sense whatsoever. If anything, it, you would have something that would cool yourself down. Right. So yeah, I, the, the fact that it's most likely one of those like sweat absorber type yeah. dealios. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, I started watching a lot of the action and um, it's funny because I... There's so much going on on all these you know, duels, you know, Philly against, you know, New York or whatever, whatnot, mm. that you almost get immune to the professional, like, you know, it's a standard that they sure. hold. So you're like, okay, yeah, okay, he didn't get that kill. What's wrong with him? You know, I, you know, I could have got that. No, no, I couldn't. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, so I'm watching all this stuff and uh, a lot of what what's happening is like, you know, they'll have a Widowmaker on the team and the Widowmaker, I'm getting used to them doing the whole Spider-Man thing where yeah. they, they, they grapple up and they'll whiplash and it's arc, insane arc over the map and they'll go pow, pow, pow. And, and one shot some people. But I saw this one guy, I wrote his name down. What he was doing is uh, a little bit differently. Uh, it was Fleta from soul dynasty or seal. Dynasty. Seal dynasty. Soul, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. dynasty. Oh, got soul. They got soul. <laughs> anyway, he had this totally different strategy and, and I'll, I'll tell you seal is in, Number one spot. Yeah, uh, are they? Yeah. So his strategy with Widowmaker is not to do these one-shot kills all the time. But 
what he does, and he doesn't do that whole Spider-Man overarching the, the entire map. Uh-huh. What he'll do is he'll drop. He'll drop down either off the cliff or off a ledge, and then he'll bring himself back up. And so he gets- He'll the, intentionally like look like he'll, he's committing suicide correct. off the map? Yeah. Either okay. com- well, sometimes doing that, but other times it, it's just down one ledge. Okay. But he'll get the cover, the coverage from the oncoming uh, shrapnel or whatever. Sure. And then he'll come right back up, or he'll go laterally- from one ledge to the other ledge, you know, you, there's, it's impossible to jump across there, but he'll go straight across and not up. And what he'll do is he'll basically injure the opponent while his team is attacking them. Okay. And so everyone's getting credit to, to beef up their ult, and he won't just take him out in one shot like some of the other players would do. So, okay, so so if I understand you correctly, <clears throat> he'll intentionally not kill the, the person he's, tr- he's aiming at necessarily because if you get a bunch of assists, then everybody shares in having their ultimate get charged. That's what it looks like to me. Okay. Yeah, because I, I've seen a lot of the Widowmakers do the exact same thing, and uh-huh. they're all really good, yeah. and, they, and they all know what to do. But this was the first time it, it dawned on me, and I thought, man, he's not going for the one-shot kills. I know he could do it because I saw it later on in, in another match. Uh-huh. So he can't do it, but he was choosing not to this time, which I thought, hmm, it's a different kind of strategy. That is one of the coolest things about this show is the fact that like, when I'm watching it, I'm taking notes just to try and like improve my own play skills just because, <laughs> I mean, I enjoy having fun. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm decent at the game, but I'm not like this amazing player right. or anything like that. So yeah, it's, it's cool to hear that. Um, so then there was a time when, uh, oh, what was his name? Almost in every match, there's like a Genji. Oh, yeah. I, I've noticed there's specific players that choose the same character in almost every team in every match, which is kind of funny because there's a lot of characters to choose from. And I see a lot of Divas, a lot of Genjis, a yeah. lot of Mercies. Anyway. There, um, there are a lot of characters that are repeatedly used, I notice, in, in the various team fleshing outness. <clears throat> right. <laughs> so... On the London Spitfire, London Spitfire. Oh, uh, <laughs> so the the guy's name was Prophet, or his you know, name, dude. Name yes, yeah. Prophet. I noticed that too. Go ahead. So they're on, um, and they're on. Was it Junkertown? Uh huh. And it's on that that third push, right? right? The last push, and we have that that lateral windmill, that horizontal uh-huh. windmill thing yeah. in, the, in the center. So he's Genji, and. Granted, we're on the perspective of the Widowmaker on the opposing team, uh-huh. right? So you see Widowmaker trying to get to her spot that she's going to start capping people. Yeah. But just like I was saying last episode, how this is kind of like chess where you're anticipating where the other character is going to be. Mm-hmm. The Genji jumps up on the middle of this windmill and f- what it looks like is he is anticipating, okay, there's probably a Widowmaker up there or there, I'm going to be wide open oh, to, to yes. fire. Uh-huh. And so he jumps, double jumps, and then does his reflect right as Widowmaker <laughs> takes the shot and it's at the most, like, you know, the third, third level powerful yes. one shot. I mean, it was split second, almost like a reaction, right? I, I saw that too. <clears throat> oh, that, that was seriously one of the highlights of the week. It was kind of like that McCree one that happened. I mean, the same thing when it was McCree doing the ult and he just reflected it back. Uh-huh. Same thing, but but quicker. Like, yeah. he didn't, you, you can't hear anything. He just anticipated, okay, there's probably a Widowmaker that's going to see me up here. I'm going to do it. And if I reflect whatever I reflect, then great. 
<laughs> so I got there and you can hear the crowd going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was amazing. And really, like, just just those are the type of plays when I'm watching it where I've in my play experience with Overwatch and I've put in a serious amount of play hours with Overwatch. I think Overwatch was my most played game. I Did you know that if you go on to Xbox, they actually have this little feature that shows you um like like which games you played for the year and how long you played them and, and I I noticed that the other day yeah, yeah. I have like seventy eight hours in that and and I'm Forza <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think <laughs> I can, I don't want to misquote myself I'll have to look at it again I posted it actually on my Facebook page mm, but nice. anyway wait continue wait thank you thank you I have another one for you Rosa. So on Elios, <clears throat> the one where the uh, the well's in the middle, mm-hmm. right? So oh, I, forgot, I have to give the character credit. Excuse me. That so, well actually reminds me of the movie Three Hundred, where uh, he he like yells out like "This is Sparta!" and he like yeah, kicks exactly. the guy into yeah. like the the bottomless pit. Go ahead. So there's two people. There's Shadowburn on Philly Fusion, mm-hmm. right? And there is Bishu, who played Diva. He's from the L.A. Gladiators, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. What happens is Shadowburn, who is Farah, gets ripe, get kind of tucked behind one of the corners there in the well, uh-huh. and it was about to do her ult, right? Wait, the, in the well? Or, or around the well. Around the well. Yeah. Not not in, but on the corner outside of it. Okay. I was going to say, I wasn't aware that there were any yeah. like platforms <laughs> down there. It'd be amazing who looks down that well. I mean, you can get down there and shoot up. You can hit all the people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she, Shadowburn does the ult, and Diva, who was just barely in sight goes inside that one room yeah. and and is rocketing like she has 3 seconds of afterburn right uh-huh. and goes up and launches herself up and um avoids the rockets and gets right in front of her and goes bah, 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 all the way down and totally takes her out. Oh, wow. So I don't know if she saved her team or what, but um stuff like that where it takes balls, you know, and someone's doing Oigos. Uh, where you could die, but sure. you're saving your team and the person doesn't notice you. I thought, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Very, very cool. Any, any other highlights that struck your fancy? No, by that time, I um, I, I, I wanted to do something else with the setting sun instead of watching Overwatch. <laughs> that, 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 those were three that stood out to me. I have got to say that I completely agree in terms of uh, profit. I think that that he did a tremendous job over week number two. Um, in addition to the one that, that you described, there was another one where London Spitfire Prophet was playing as Junkrat. I don't know if you saw this one, Steve, but he was, he, he I can't remember the name. It's, uh, what's that Middle Eastern map? Oh, that's, uh, that's the name escapes me for the moment. If it comes, Temple of Anubis. Temple, uh, Temple of Anubis. That's right. No, uh, I feel like there's another one. No, it's not Temple of Anubis. It was that other one. It was the one. Temple of Anubis is the one where you have kind of the more Egyptian style, right? Like, like you're going. Yeah. It was. It's not that one. It's the other one. It's the. uh, It's the one that has traffic going by on the side. Like if you're not watching where you're going, you'll get hit. Uh, It's kind of like the UAE map, kind of. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway, it, it doesn't matter. But the, the the point is, is that he, as Junkrat, does his ultimate, and he literally has the wheel going over the rooftops of those tall buildings. Huh. And he manages, and, and, and as that's going on, 
you have the other team trying to push through, you know, that how it has that kind of hallway that they have to go through. And then um, they're trying to, to get into the other side. He manages to like somehow get this, this wheel to just, just kind of rumble tumble along the top part of the roofs. I didn't even know it, it was able to do that. Comes down from behind the team and just takes out, gets a triple kill, which was just fantastic to see. I mean, it was super cool. <clears throat> and then of course, I think the one that you were talking about with Genji, that was another one too. That I, I was watching that and I was like, that was amazing. One more thing about Genji, and this was on a different team. Um, so there was a uh, Dream Casper uh-huh. um, was, was Genji and Wakid was Junkrat. Okay. This is what dawned on me. So there's a lot of dawning on you today, isn't uh, there? The the the, dark, the the dawn is darkest before the the never mind. Anyway, <laughs> so uh <laughs> what mid-date on me? <laughs> uh so anyway, um Wakid was about to do the rip tire uh-huh. on Junkrat, and Genji, who was uh Dream Casper, jump, w- jumped up on that windmill, the same spot, right? Okay. And did his, like, that that dash. Right. And, I mean, again, just a reflect. It wasn't even like, oh, what should I do now? I mean, he just saw it happen. And, I mean, the Junkrat just pulled the lever on the thing. Uh-huh. So it was right in its beginning stages. Goes over and, like, takes it out in one shot. Wow. I mean, completely like, eliminates the guy's ultimate. I mean, he, I'm, I'm sure he didn't get that much credit for it. But, I mean, that could have saved the game. Yeah. You know? There were several types of saves like that. I know that Florida Mayhem's logic as, as McCree had some mighty fine skills against the Shanghai Dragons when they were facing off against each other. That was <laughs> a pleasure to watch. Um, also, Florida's Daya and Undead. Undead is a character that I keep coming back to because he just, man, he really is a joy to watch. There are so many different types of scenarios where he's just pulling out these amazing plays. And so it's it's definitely super cool. I, as I look at the standings here, the standings are a bit interesting too, in the sense that it just seems like on a daily basis, there's kind of this, this uh, fight for who is number one. And, and currently, Seal Dynasty has really gotten to the top of the charts. They're 4-0. Uh, but, I mean, literally right behind them is um, New York Excelsior at number two, second place. And really, I mean, it's it's actually, they're, they're kind of in the same standings because they're also 4-0. You have London Spitfire, which is 4-0. And then you have the rest of them with uh, the Houston Outlaws being 2-2, two and two, Los Angeles Valiant also being 2-2, two and two, San Francisco Shock 2-2, two two, Los Angeles Gladiators 2-2, two two, Philadelphia Fusion 2-2. Two and, two. and then uh, rounding at the bottom, you have Boston Uprising with one win, one loss. You also have Florida Mayhem with a W. Uh, of one and a loss of three. Uh, Dallas Fuel, unfortunately, is zero and four, so they have been having very much luck. And the Shanghai Dragons is also um, sharing the bottom with Dallas at zero and four. So the two <laughs> the two uh, teams I was initially like, yeah, I'll go for you. Like, they're, they're clearly the <laughs> underdogs. <laughs> but again, this is only week two, so we're going to see how they, they play out. You know what would be cool is if they had the team spray like the, you know, the, the symbol as that a spray. That would be really cool. They might, I wonder if they have it and they just haven't showed it yet, but um, that would be neat because I've, I've seen some, a lot of the players will continue to use whatever spray they have. Yeah. But I thought, you know, my, I was expecting to see like a Dallas Outlaw, or Dallas Outlaw, Houston Outlaws or a Dallas Fuel spray at some point, mm. like on the payload or something, and, no, and it never happened. But I thought, I just, I figured that would already be in there, you know? Yeah, yeah. When I think about it too, I don't think I have really... 
seen them do. I mean, I've seen them spray some of the sprays that are available just in the right. general Overwatch yeah. game itself. But yeah. So as I'm looking forward to week three, we're still mm -hmm. in stage one. Uh, on Wednesday, January 24th, we have San Francisco Shock, who are going to be facing off against the London Spitfire at 6 p.m. Ouch. <laughs> we also have the Shanghai Dragons against the Seal Dynasty. Um, again, that might be... Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out. Uh, and finally, Los Angeles Gladiators against the Los Angeles Valiant at 10 p.m. So it's kind of cool that, I mean, aside from the San Francisco Shock and London Spitfire match, you have the Shanghai Dragons, the Seal Dynasty versus Los Angeles. I'm not versus, excuse me. Yeah, and you also have the Los Angeles Gladiators versus the Los Angeles Valiant. So little uh, bit of the old rivalry might be forming. It'd be very, very cool. I think that just about sums up the Overwatch segment. This is fun. This is going to be a fun thing that we can do as the uh, the season continues, and it's going to be interesting to see what other types of little nuggets of goodness we can get. But as it stands, how are we getting to some gaming news, Steve? Yeah, sure thing, Russ. Again, not a lot, but we have just a couple little items here. To start things off, the Overwatch League reaches 10 million viewers in its first week. Again, we were talking about how on the first day in the previous episode, they reached, I believe, about a total of about 415,000 viewers. But as it stands, the first week alone reaches 10 million viewers. Again, hats off to Twitch and Blizzard for that. I think that's a big win. The second story we have here is that the Activision CEO, Eric Hirschberg, to step down in March. This is something that surprised me because um, Colin Campbell uh, reports that Activision CEO Eric Hirschberg will step down in March according to a statement released. Hirschberg joined the company eight years ago reporting directly to Activision. Blizzard Chief Bobby Kotick. No reason for his departure has been given. According to a report in VentureBeat, Activision is looking for a replacement. And I have a quote here. It says, this is an amazing company, said Hirschberg in an email statement. I have nothing but admiration for the incredible team. I've had the privilege to lead. And I have nothing but appreciation for Bobby for giving me this transformational opportunity and also for having the vision and conviction to champion a creative person for a leadership role on this scale. Again, I'm surprised about this just because being CEO of Activision, I mean, the stock is doing great. All of the different games that are coming out, they've gotten into this really great schedule of sorts. So, I don't know. It'd be one of those things where, once again, it'd be awesome to be a fly on the wall just to see what's going on. I wonder if it's... Buzz, 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 buzz. Yeah, I know. It's just like, <laughs> is it burnout? Is it just a fact that... Like, Where's my fly swatter? The thing's been there for days. <laughs> it keeps looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> But anyway, we definitely wish him luck. And I mean, he's done a really great job over the past eight years of building an empire. So that's it for gaming news. Let's segue into some movie news, Steve. This one is really, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not really surprising, but it's really just fun. It gets, it gets the, I don't know. Juice is going, it, flying it, there. It gets, going it, it gets the, the goose pimples uh, a popping. But, uh, pimples? Goose bumps, Russ. Let's not talk about zits. <laughs> <laughs> it gets the back knee exploding. Oh, gosh. So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has a release date. Well, actually, okay, let, let me backtrack. It doesn't have a release date. Oh, but thanks. It has a release year. <laughs> 
apparently James Gunn um, revealed that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be released in 2020. So it makes a lot of sense just because from the first Guardians of the Galaxy to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, it also took about three years. Hmm. Can't come soon enough in my book. I thought we mentioned that earlier on a previous episode that it would come out in 2020. I think it was rumored at that point, but there was no official announcement. Because I think you did that thing with the 20. I do a lot of stuff with that 20. <laughs> I, whenever I have the opportunity to bust out with the Barbara Walters, uh, 2020, I do my best. Disney hires 28 weeks later director for Sword in the Stone live action remake. If oh. you, now again. Come on, back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you recall, we had another Sword in the Stone-esque movie in development, <laughs> development by Disney under Ridley Scott. Right. But I think that one's going to focus primarily on Merlin. So this one says, according to a Hollywood reporter, uh, and I'm going to totally, let's see if I can say this correctly. Fresna Dio or Fresna Dillo? I'm, I'm going to go with Fresna Dio. Is currently in talks with Disney to, to take on the project, which would be a reimagining of the 1963 animated classic. A release date for the remake has not yet been set. The Sword in the Stone is the second, like I said, of two Merlin films currently in development at Disney. So I. I, I'm going to be watching this very, very closely because, as I've mentioned on, the, on this podcast many times in the past, Sword in the Stone is one of my absolute favorite Disney animated films. I really hope they don't mess it up. And really, I don't know. I don't know which one to go with. Like, do I go for the one that is the, the remack? The remack? Remack? <laughs> the reimagining <laughs> of the animated classic? Or do I go with Ridley Scott? Do I go for the Bernie Mac version? Or... Uh... <laughs> Do I go for the Big Mac? No, I'm hungry. I'm oh, good. man. Sylvester Stallone teases the Expendables Quattro. We're all going to do this. Hey, hey, Sylvester. Hey, Sly, Sly, you got anything for us over here? <laughs> Despite reports last year suggesting Stallone left the franchise, the actor recently shared a couple Instagram posts teasing the Expendables 4. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> One of the posts features an image of Stallone as Barney Ross and Jason Statham as Lee Christmas with the following caption Just when you thought it was safe to go outside they're coming back They didn't say the Adrian part right, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile another post features an image of Stallone's Barney Ross with the actor writing Barney will be back plus the crew and a couple of new members. I guess if it was Jason Statham, it'd be more like, uh, just when he thought it was safe to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really cool. <laughs> I, think just, I don't know. I think we're going to have fun with that as we get more news on it. But have you seen, I can't remember if you've watched the old Expendables. I've seen all of them. They're, they're a guilty pleasure, aren't they? They are, yeah. I, I, yeah, they are. I've seen all three and I'm like, I don't care. It's like, it totally relives like the, the eighties action right. glory days. And there's so many like stars in them that, you know, and they're having a great time action star. I mean, Ronda Rousey was in the last one. Yeah. It's awesome. 
Leonardo DiCaprio cast in Quentin Tarantino's Charles Manson movie. We've mentioned this project in the past. Deadline reports DiCaprio has agreed to star in the movie as an aging actor. Not much else is known about the role, uh, but it will be DiCaprio's first film since his Oscar-winning performance in 2015's The Revenant. Did you ever see The Revenant? Yes, I did. Did you see it in the theater or did you see it on like Netflix or something? Uh, I saw it on Netflix. Man, that's a brutal movie. He... <laughs> He like, I don't know, gurgled, screamed, and gr- like grunted his way to that Oscar. He, like, yeah, he, he just he really physically earned it. Uh, the actor previously worked with Tarantino on 2012's Django Unchained, which was a um, actually really cool movie as well. Tarantino reportedly also wants Margot Robbie to portray Manson murder victim Sharon Tate. Nice, and Tom Cruise to join the film as well as an unknown lead role. Samuel L. Jackson is also rumored, of course, to be a part of the cast. I don't I don't even think it, to say the word rumor is necessary because I think Samuel L. Jackson has been in just about every Quentin Tarantino film. He's definitely one of the mainstays, one of the uh, alumni. Can't see Tom Cruise in it, but I'm definitely curious. Did you ever see Collateral? Um, I feel like I've asked you this before. If I did, I don't remember it. I, it sounds familiar. It's the one where he plays this assassin in L.A. He's got, like, gray, silver hair. Um, he plays with uh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is a taxi cab driver. No. Okay. You've got to watch that film. Seriously, one of my favorite Tom Cruise roles. It's so different than, like, all the other stuff he's done. Well, put it on the list. Finally, Chris Hemsworth's Thor contract is up. Oh. But he's already thinking of future roles. Julia Alexander reports, Chris Hemsworth has confirmed that his contract with Marvel Studios to play the Asgardian God of Thunder comes to an end after Avengers 4, but he's already looking toward the future. It's evident from Hemsworth's interview with USA Today that even he isn't sure of what's to come. Hemsworth first told USA Today that he, quote, won't be playing the character again. Oh! But then added that the, quote-unquote, possibility of never putting on Thor's armor again and stepping into that world was terrifying. Hemsworth did confirm that he was already talking to Marvel Studios' co-president, Kevin Feige, about his future in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, pointing to Thor Ragnarok as a potential reboot for the character. Hemsworth wasn't given a definitive yes or no answer to the question, but Feige allegedly told the actor the focus right now is on Avengers 4, which marks the final movie in Hemsworth's contract. So that's his final in the contract. That's also... Uh, Tony Stark's final. I was reading something uh, on one of these comic book fan pages where Thanos pretty much lays waste to a ton of people. So we might see, I don't know, Rush, somebody getting off or a couple people being off. I know. that That's totally what I was thinking about, too. Just just the previous conversations that we've had, it seems as though there's a very good chance we're going to see uh, some, some brutality. But the thing is, in these comic books... A lot of these superheroes come back anyway. So just because he might get off doesn't mean he might come back. Well, and and that really is the the beauty of storytelling, right? Is like, it's just, it's, you never know what's going to happen next. I mean, you you could have sworn that someone was going to die and all of a sudden, you know, the writers will come up with some way for to have them come back. And And, so, and you know what? If Hemsworth doesn't want to come back, we always have his brother. We do indeed. (laughs) All right. You know what time it is, don't you, Steve? High noon. Uh, High noon. Oh, come on, Ross. Oh. You know what time it is. 
Go for it. Let, let's hear you say it. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Go, oh, go, go the was hanging. I like it when you say it. I can't do it on the spot. Oh, for Pete's sake. Fine, we'll just go into the topic of the day. That's fine. Happiness ensued. <laughs> Our topic of the day is a fun one, actually. It's going back to what we've done in the past here and there. It is the movie trailer reviews. And then this particular episode of Topic of the Day, uh, we are going to be checking out the trailers of the latest Tomb Raider, Red Sparrow, and Braven. Have you seen any of these trailers, Steve? No, I haven't. I saw they were released, and I thought... Mm. I think we're going to talk about this one day. Uh, so I exercised a little restraint. I'm yes, proud I of you. Did. Very, very nice. Do you have a, uh, well, I guess we could start with Tomb Raider. What do you think? Or, or unless, unless you prefer to see one of the other ones. No, nah, there's Tomb Raider. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let okay. me do a little you, uh, searchy searching. I'm going to do a little queuing Cue of up there, the right. latest trailer. Now, again, this is not the, the first initial teaser trailer. This is actually the, the latest trailer that just trailer, got dropped. Trailer 2. I thought I saw Dad again. I think I'm going mad. Clara, your father's gone. At some point, we have to face up to who we are. Who we're meant to be. I think I know where my dad went. That's right in the middle of the Devil's Sea. It'll be an adventure. Death is not an adventure. Definitely way better than the first one. 
definitely more intense. That and, that, and it has the uh, Beyonce remix of uh, Survivor there. You notice that, everyone? I did indeed. <laughs> Impressed you recognize that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I see at the end how she used her ice pick. Uh, I, what from what I looked like to me, it was an ice pick. It's not an ice pick, but it's it's uh, it's used when you're actually um, doing mountain climbing in the snow. Or yeah, I don't know what the name of it is, but yeah, it's I, but yeah. yeah, I totally right. keyed on that. Yeah. It looks like it's it's very much in line with the reboot of Tomb Raider, where you have um, uh, very much the, like like the, a younger Lara Croft, in, and actually just even some of the the way that that she's fighting, some of the the different types of action sequences and stuff. It totally brings me back to the the reboot, and as well as Rise of the Tomb Raider. But I'm hoping what they don't do is is move it too fast, because you see a lot of action sequences in the trailer, which are great. But I don't want the movie to be just action sequences and then just like, oh, yeah, this is what happened with her father. And, you know, I want it. I want them to spend a little time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see how the antagonist plays out. Um, it was one of the funny things about my experience with, um, with playing with the Tomb Raider games. I love the Tomb Raider games. The thing is, though, is that the villains typically are kind of forgettable. Like they're, they, they just don't have the the commanding presence that you would expect. If like, like if you watched Indiana Jones, which is clearly in the same vein as, as Tomb Raider, that's where Tomb Raider, is, you know, drew its initial inspiration reference from. Uh, you know, you have these these different types of, of baddies in the film that you just, I mean, they just stay with you. You're just like, you're blown away by by just the way that uh, the character was developed in those films. So I'm curious to see how it goes for, for Tomb Raider, but did you, uh, like, is it a film that you think uh, you look, you're going to be looking forward to seeing? Yeah. I mean, I, we definitely would see it in the theater. Um, but I, I stick to uh, stick to what I said. I'm going to hold off little reservations. Going to go into it with an open mind, and uh, we'll see. We'll see, Russ. <clears throat> By the way, as just a little side note, um, Walton Goggins, who is the uh, the antagonist in this, awesome actor. Like, and that's actually one of the things that that I want to make clear is the fact that they got this really great actor to play the the antagonist in this particular film. And so I want to make sure that they give him like just terrific material to work from. He looks like, and I haven't seen much of The Walking Dead, but he looks like one of the main characters from The Walking Dead. No, he's not in The Walking Dead. However, he is, um, did you ever see Sons of Anarchy? Uh, no. Oh man, that's a great you, show. You've, Actually, a, you've asked me that before. <laughs> Anytime you, you bring it up, oh man, you've seen it? No. Okay. Have you seen it this time? <laughs> I keep thinking that you're going to start watching it. If I'm going to start watching it, I'm going to announce it on the show. Okay. Okay. Anyway, let me know. I cannot wait for you. And actually, okay, so fair warning. I could not get myself past the last season of Sons of Anarchy. Have I already told you this? Mm -hmm. You did, yeah. Okay. Well, they don't know. (laughs) Anyway, I could not get get myself past the last season because it was just too violent. It was too intense. Did you have to cover your eyes a bit, Rose? Man, both. Did you need some knocking cookies? The wife and I were are huge fans of Sons of Anarchy, and we just after like the first or, or second episode going into the final season, I'm just like, I can't. And I don't know if it's because we we became new like parents at that point, and there's something that does change in you when that happens. But we looked at each other like, man, this is too brutal. We can't. It's the same kind of reaction we had with Breaking Bad. Like I could not. I will watch about like five episodes. I'm finally like, this is too real. This is too crazy. Anyway, 
Anyway, let's move on to the latest Red Sparrow trailer. Are you uh, familiar with kind of the synopsis of the Red Sparrow movie? Uh, no, I've heard of it, but that that cover looks like it's right out of Le Miserable. Yeah, it's it's interesting um, what the setup is regarding this, but it, essentially, it's it, they're, they're pitching it as like like this kind of elite assassin organization that that is within the the Russian government, and um, they're predominantly female, KGB females, more or less, mm. so, something along those lines. So let's watch uh, trailer number two for this one. I always love those green screens. The following preview has been approved for all approved. Other day. Morning, Mama. What is it? I have to go away for a while. I was told to take a man to a hotel. They said he was an enemy of the state. Take off your dress. And in exchange, my mother would get the doctor she needed. Instead, they cut his throat. There could be no witnesses. So they gave me a choice. Die or become a sparrow. From this day forward, you will become sparrows. Weapons in a global struggle for power. You'll be trained in psychological manipulation. You must learn to push yourself beyond all limitation. Take off your clothes. When we are finished with you, the person you were will no longer exist. Every human being is a puzzle of need. You must become the missing piece, and they will tell you anything. You have a gift. You know how to survive. This is what you were meant to do. There is a traitor in the government. His last known contact is an American. Get close to him. I thought I saw you in the pool yesterday. Are we going to become friends? Is that what you want? She's a sparrow. You only matter because of what you can do for them. Work with me and make these men pay. You are better at this than any of us. Your only problem is you have a soul. We can't trust in a word that comes out of her mouth. There's something else we're not seeing. If she's compromised, she will be eliminated. What have you done? You belong to them. They will never let you go. I'll find a way. What'd you think? <clears throat> I didn't think that was Jennifer Lawrence at first. I thought that was Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah. I saw a movie that was somewhat similar, but maybe not as intense with Angelina Jolie. And it was called Salt. I never saw that. Was it good? It was okay, but it, it was kind of the same thing. Um, where it, I think they actually referred to her as a sparrow also within the KGB. And uh, she was you know, working for the CIA and... and uh, had to put her family at risk and her family didn't know what was going on and somewhat similar. I think the trailer looks awesome. I mean, just the, the way that everything was set up, I think it was done in a way that was 
just way more mature. Like it, like I don't know. Like there's kind of a um, a back and forth that I have with these types of films, where like if if it's too action packed oriented, then you lose some of the depth because right. it's just, it's all surface level. But if you go the other way and it's all surface or excuse me, it's all depth, but not very much surface level action, then it becomes almost kind of too boring because it's, it's weird. And so at least based on how they're marketing this particular film, this trailer has definitely piqued my interest. I think that we should definitely go check it out. We should. In the beginning of the trailer, uh, the way Jennifer Lawrence has her hair, Mm-hmm. It looks she she looks like a different actress, and I'm trying to remember her name. She was in Braveheart with Mel Gibson, and it wasn't Mel Gip the the actress that Mel Gibson got married to. But it was, it was the French, the, uh, correct? Yeah, yeah. There are uh, uh, some I I could see that there are so some similarities there. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence as a, an, an actress has done this just a superb job. Did you ever see American Hustle? That's on my list. Oh wait, you know what? I don't think she, was she in America. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's not American Hustle. It's um, uh, wow. What the heck was it called? It was oh. It takes place in the Northeast. Uh, X Men. Yes. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it. Oh my gosh! It's uh, who was the guy who played American Sniper? Oh, um, uh, same guy who played uh the voice for Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We're totally doing like a brain uh, fart right now. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh! Well, anyway, they were in a film that I really liked, it, and I liked it so much I can't remember the name of the film. <laughs> um, but anyway, really liked her in that film, and there have been some some other films too. So she's well. I mean, she was also in, with Chris Pratt in uh, that film that you Passengers, liked. Yeah, yeah. So definitely interested in seeing it. And I think it's time to see, again, if it's the perfect balance of having kind of your action scenes with more of like the psychological and emotional depth. I think that uh, this movie definitely has promise. You're not talking about like the um, the book series, like the... where she's she's fighting for her life and it's kind of like a reality TV show. No, not that one. Okay. Um, It was... Bradley Cooper, that was his name. Bradley Cooper. Okay, you got you got something there. <laughs> <laughs> the light bulb is starting to turn on a little bit. Um, anyway, it was actually nominated for an Oscar as well. You know what? I'm not going to let this go unsolved. I'm going to go on to Indib. You better because I know you're going to think of it at 3 a.m. and wake me up. <laughs> Steve, Steve. <laughs> What's up, Ross? I remember the name of the movie. <laughs> Silver Linings Playbook. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. No, definitely haven't seen that one. Yeah, that's a good movie. <laughs> Let me tell you. Really good. Okay. So finally, last but certainly not least, uh, this other one. Uh, you know, I may have mispronounced this uh, this title, but it's Braven, not Brazen. Did I say Brazen early on? I, heard, I probably did. If I did, I apologize. It's, it's Braven. It's a V. Anyway, um... It stars Jason Momoa. If you recall, he plays Aquaman in Justice League, and he's also been in Game of Thrones. It's also in Frontier on Netflix, which is on my list also. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I haven't heard a thing about this, but it looks like this is kind of like his first leading role in a film. So let's check it out. Dad! (laughs) 
Don't move. No, 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 no. Morning, Grandpa. Morning. Hey, you make that for me. Yeah. Thank you. I was thinking maybe we go up to the cabin. You know, help me shut it down for the winter. I'll go. First time your old man ever asked for my help with anything. <laughs> what? Slight hiccup. We flipped the truck. We have the whole load stashed at this cabin we found. I'm coming. This is gonna hurt. What the hell is that? I don't know. Something's not right. Gear up. You can shoot. What do you think? Hi, Daddy. Charlotte, you in the back of my truck? Yeah. It's very important you do not open this door unless it's for me, okay? Okay. All right, baby. We gotta get Charlotte out of here. Imagine that. Once we have the bag secure, take them all out. Taking this goddamn cabin now. Remember the plan? Yeah. Go! about that one russ yeah that i would say that one's probably the weakest of the three i'm glad that uh momoa is doing something other than hero like you know superhero stuff mm-hmm. seems like his eyebrows aren't as arced this time around uh-huh. uh <laughs> so he looks actually like he's gonna be a good person for the role but that whole entire trailer i'm like okay it's a family going away on vacation and the vacation gone awry sure but that's not very deep <laughs> You know, it, it it certainly looks like one of those those you know typical action movies. However, it's Jason Momoa, and I I think if it's definitely one of those films where I think I don't think I'll see it in the theater. I'll definitely watch it on Netflix because if uh, if they're able to, to tap into Jason Momoa, I mean he's he can be pretty savage. I remember watching Game of Thrones and uh, there are several scenes where, I mean, the dude can really turn it on. I mean, you saw like little hints of it here and there in Justice League, but it'd be cool to just based on what kind of fight choreography they have going on in the film and just how much of a savage he can become to protect his family. Anyway, out of the three, which were, uh, which one are you most excited about? Probably the, um, the Red Sparrow. I agree. I'm the same. Uh, I, while I am looking forward to the Tomb Raider movie, I think Red Sparrow, there's something, at least the, like once again, the way they're marketing it is really just, uh, I don't know, the more I see, the more I like. There's definitely a captivating quality about it. So, indeed. Well, I do believe that wraps up this particular episode of Joygasm, but I wanted to also state before we sign off that I will be uh, making a business trip down to Bogota, Colombia, and I will be back 
pretty late. Um, I want to say, let's see, I, I depart next Saturday and I'll be there for about a week. And then I um, will be stateside once again, probably around midnight of the, the Saturday after that. So the, just just as an FYI, kind of a, a heads up for everybody, the uh, the next episode, episode 57 of Joygasm may be a little bit delayed just because typically um, <laughs> we have time to, to record this stuff and, and um, uh, we'll be missing. So anyway, just as a, as a heads up, don't freak out. It'll probably be like, you know, maybe like a day or two later than usual, maybe like a Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that. So I will miss you, Steve. I miss you, Russ. Are you going to take a side trip to Medellin? See all the, uh, the locales that were filmed for Narcos? I just might. You never know. <laughs> you know, the, the schedule actually is uh, pretty intense. So it's going to be interesting. I would, I would love to be able to, to, to do some sightseeing while I'm out there, but it's, just, it's really going to depend on uh, if we have time or not. I, I'm going I'm to take my cameras, and I'd love to be able to, to get some pictures. Russ, I have one phrase for you. Oh? Donde esta el baño? Yes. See, <laughs> mucho gusto. <laughs> uh. Anyway, be sure to check us out on patreon.com slash joygasm and subscribe to get the most out of the show. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on soundcloud.com slash joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Central Time. And like I said earlier on, uh, next time you guys have a little uh, request to go to competitive mode or whatever it is that we're doing, we will be uh, more than happy to uh, acquiesce your request. So, until next time, uh, happy gaming, everybody. Adios. Adios.